Warning, the host of this podcast has a penchant for the pontification of puns and an altruistically alienating affection for alliteration. If you suffer a weak constitution or get annoyed easily, you may want to seek prior medical advice or avoid this particularly perplexing pod podcast as the host is unbalanced as a washer full of shoes. Salutations, my slumberless stoners of simpatico circumstances. This is your dosin of dope, Jackpot, here to give you a little, a little insight as to who I am, what I'm about, uh, just so you you know a little bit more about the awkward yet enticing voice you're listening to. Sultry, even, I would say sometimes, maybe. No, probably not. So um, this is a little bit about me, just just so you know, I'm not talking out of my ass, just uh, so you can have a little, a little background, shed some light on the dark dank that is jackpot. So my my main background, other than cannabis, is going to be culinary and uh, and retail, professionally. I went to culinary school. I graduated uh, graduated high school about a year early. Went to culinary school. I attended the prestigious uh, Walt Disney Executive Chef Apprenticeship Program uh, done through Starwood Resorts. So I trained with several different executive chefs all over the world. I went to Japan to compete for a few, uh, few culinary competitions. I majored in menu writing. So basically what I like to do is I just like to make shit up. I don't really use recipes. Uh, I'm dyslexic as fuck, so I hate reading recipes. And uh, I like to just just tinker, just like to make stuff up. You know, um, I hate jazz, but I, I, I love to, to equate that to it. You know, it's, it's just kind of go as you go as you do. Um, then after I graduated college, I, for some reason, joined the military. Uh, I know what it was. I was stoned watching war movies and thought it looked like a good idea, but not like the poignant ones, not like Saving Private Ryan or, or Black Hawk Down. No, like Renaissance Man and Sergeant Bilko. Gomer Pyle, shit like that. Like, I wanted to do that. That's what I wanted. But those movies lied to me. Stripes, Bill Murray, you son of a bitch. Um, I, I joined the Marine Corps Infantry, like my father. And I was a, a tow gunner, 0352, anti-tank missileman. So basically, I just launched smart missiles at dumb tanks. After that, uh, a little bit of retail management. But then I moved to Washington, started working in the cannabis industry. Um lady named Lydia Ensley, the one that hired me initially and taught me everything that I know about cannabis. I'm going to have her on in a couple of episodes. She is, she's the reason that I got into the industry and she, she taught me a lot. Um, I like to think of myself as the jack of all trees, or um, I talk to people like, like the Adam Richmond of the cannabis world. I've been in propagation and cultivation, fertigation, operations, logistics. I've been a bud tender. I've been a manager. I've done extractions. I've made edibles. Uh, I've worked on the vendor side, the marketing side. The only real experience I don't have in the cannabis industry too in-depth would be the business side. I'm shite with money, and I, I, I don't like sitting in offices for very long. Um, I've worked in Seattle, Redmond, Tacoma, most of Washington. I've worked in Oregon, worked in California, worked in Florida, and now I'm currently working in Oklahoma. 
So I've worked in a few different states and a few different aspects of the industry. And uh, I love it. I'm very passionate about cannabis because it is the one thing in my life that has been positive and stable. Uh, when I was in the military, I, uh, besides the, the normal wear and tear that you get there, I did receive a head injury in country. And I was, uh, once you get back, anytime, any head injury you do, there's, there's a standard workup practice, which is confusing as hell because you have to see two licensed, there are a neurologist and a licensed therapist out in town, as well as the regular neurological visits between the neurosurgeon and the two different military shrinks on base. So at one time, as soon as you get, you know, you get your, your cognitive therapy and all that stuff done, you are seeing six different therapists, neurologists, shrinks and whatnot. Um, and they've all got license to, to do as they please. So at one point I was on two different muscle relaxers, Ambien, Zoloft, Fioraset, which is Percocet for your brain. That is a wonderful, horrible fucking drug. Um, and, and, and a, a bunch of other headache medicine, medicines, uh, mood stabilizers and stuff like that. So even the dozens of medications that I were on working against each other, constantly changing. One doctor says this, one doctor says that one doctor out in town overrides the doctor on base, but the doctor on base, you see more and they're the ones that you're more afraid of. Cause the other one is some tiny little white guy with a tweed sweater. And he, you know, whatever, I'm going to listen to the, I'm going to listen to the six foot four colonel in the fatigues that's six feet away from my barracks room. Doc, sorry. It's just how it works. Um, even with, with that, it sounds crazy. That's average to low. I mean, I've, I've walked by Marines with, uh, with they're, 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 it's called, they're, they're called ditty bags. It's basically just like this little tiny little duffel bag you carry your shit that I shit you not sounds like it's got it's, it's full of maracas like I, I've known guys who literally spend at least an hour a day collectively taking medications at different times of the day you know I've just zombies it's it's ridiculous I remember one time I was out with with muggy you guys remember him if you watch my show if not shame on you no just kidding uh but no I'm not kidding shame on you um we went out because he and I were very, very competitive drinkers with each other. It was one of those, you were out at a bar and somebody lays a shot down in front of somebody else and it's on. So Muggy goes to me, he's like, Hey, cause he was getting married again. Or, uh, you know, he's Larry King of the military world. The man's been married so many times. Um, says, Hey, I, I gotta go look at an apartment out in town. Can you take me? Because he had got his license taken away because he led J Phil Beatty on a high speed chase. So I'm like, yeah, sure, dude. I just took half a bottle of Flexerol and a bunch of Ambien, but I got about 45 minutes before they kick in. I can run you off base real quick and run you back before all that stuff kicks in. So about 30 minutes into the trip, he goes, hey, you want to go to the cave? Cave is a uh, local gentleman's establishment we used to frequent. He's like, hey, you want to go to the cave? Now, I went to say no, but before I said no, he said he would pay and the little voice in the back of my head spoke louder than the voice that was going to say no and said yes. So the next thing I know, I find myself at the cave. And we get into a tequila sunrise drinking contest. This is probably the fourth or fifth time we've had these because I fucking hate tequila. And he knows that. But I can't say no to him. And the next thing I know, he's saying, hey, man, you're looking a little sleepy. You want to go out and you want to go ahead and get out of here. 
Yeah, dude, sure, fine. He goes up to get to the bathroom. I think he means, go ahead, man, go ahead and leave. He meant, let's get a cab, but I leave. And the next thing I know, it's four o'clock in the morning and a light shines from my left side. Really, really crazy, crazy bright. Look over, can't really see, it's a car. Guy asks, hey, do you need any help? Nah, dude, I'm good, don't worry about it. Just walking home. But that light kind of sobered me up a little bit and I look down and I don't have pants on because at some point throughout the night, I lost my pants. And the kind gentleman asking if I needed assistance was actually a deputy sheriff for the Jacksonville Police Department who was doing his job because there's a large tattooed half-naked man walking in the middle of the road down the bridge in Jacksonville, North Carolina. So I, I have to backtrack. Get to get to the 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 first sergeant that morning. Got to report in because I've been missing. And Jville PD brings me on base with a sweater tied around my waist because no one had any extra pants, and why should they? And I didn't get chastised. I didn't get yelled at. I didn't get bitched at because you know they knew what was going on. They knew you know that 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 we drink and they pump us full of medication. So all he said was, "I just want to make sure that you're doing fine." Yeah, for sergeant, I'm cool. I'm good. So I get one of the sergeants to, to take me out because I don't remember where my truck is. I don't remember. I can't remember a damn thing. I'm starting to piece things together as we're going through. Some of it's starting to come back to me. Um, and if anybody has ever taken Ambien recreationally, you will know that if you can hold out for sleep, you will hallucinate something fierce. It can be wonderful, but not when you rack up a $600 bar tab and you've already downed a bottle of Flexerol, which is a muscle relaxer. So we're driving down, we're driving through downtown Jacksonville and I'm looking at stuff. It's sort of coming to me. I see this big red decommissioned caboose at some museum. I'm like, that's, I fucking remember that half a mile down the road to the left. I see the corner of my truck in some guy's yard. There's my truck. It's parked. I, I, I drove over this poor man's lawn. It was a beautiful lawn until I drove over it. And I was literally a foot away from the river. So any, any longer and I'd have, I'd have drowned. That's, that's almost death number one that night. So I find my truck and I back up and I, I see something glinting in the sand in a, in a kid's play box. So those, those cool springy ducks and, and alligator bouncy ride things are awesome. I love those things. And I must have really loved those things because I found my phone in several pieces scattered around those little um, spring animal child play things. So I must have seen that at some point throughout the night and walked over there and dropped my phone and rode the little squeaky thing. Upon further investigation, I find my shoes and my socks and my oh, the, the button-up shirt I had on over neatly folded outside of a basketball court. I, I don't know if I played basketball that night, but I definitely wanted to. Um... Walking around, walking around. I still never found my hat. It was my favorite hat, and, and Muggy has purchased me a hat every year since because it's his goddamn fault that I lost a hat. Um, I find my pants six miles away, covered in pine needles, on a park bench. So that's that. I find all my clothes. And as I'm doing this, I'm starting to remember. And the main thing that I remember from that night is after, after I take my shirt off and my shoes, I start walking. And I have to keep switching from the street to the grass because I'm walking in the grass and my feet get cold and wet. So I got to walk, I got to switch. I walk on the, the street, but then I don't have any shoes on. So the gravel starts to hurt my feet and I run into somebody and I'm talking to this person. 
and we're having a conversation and we're, we're, we're walking down the street and I turn and look away. And when I look back, that person is gone. So I go off in that direction to find that person and I run into somebody else. It's like Lord of the fucking rings. You know, it's, it's, it's a dungeon quest. And, uh, then I start to realize each one of these people that I'm talking to is a hallucination because every time I look away and look back, they're gone and I walk off in that direction. So I covered at least eight square miles, eight city, city blocks of, of distance between almost drowning in a marina, um, stripping naked at a park because I thought the park bench was my buddy's futon and I thought the pine needles were my blanket. But when I touched them, I realized that these things aren't the things that I think that they are because I'm, 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 I'm gone. I'm just gone. Um, and then, then I part because the, the park was not too far away from the bridge. And so that's, that's where I pieced together that I get picked up. So no chastise, no, no yell, no, no screaming, no punishments because they know this is a common thing. This happens all the time and they don't do anything about it. So I'm very passionate about the cannabis industry because for if nothing else, it took away those possibilities, those temptations, those deleterious effects on my life. Uh, I, I went from a dozen or so different medications and, and alcohol to one, one plant that is in and of itself infinite, infinitely more adaptable and infinitely more or varied than every single pill or alcohol that you could ever possibly come in contact with. And it's not bad. Never in my life have I, you know, uh, had to stop taking tinctures because the capsules were having a negative effect or never in my life. Have I had to stop smoking because the suppositories were reacting bad, you know, but how many times a day uh, my, my father is, is hundred percent disabled and he's had to switch medications because the medication isn't having a bad effect on another organ. It's, it's reacting badly with the other medications that he's taking. So the medication for his heart reacts bad with the medication for his kidney. It's not that the medication reacts bad with his kidney. It acts bad with the medication for the kidney. So th that doesn't happen with cannabis. And you know, it, 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 it helps. It, it really does. So that's, that's, the reason that I got so passionate about it is because I've been smoking since I was a child. I'm from Pine Hills and I've got Geneva family members. I got swamp people in my blood. So I I've been, I've been smoking cannabis since I, I was probably 10 years old. Um, you know, I, I, I dealt in, in high school and then in college and then after college and then in the military, a little bit, uh, we'll say after my head injury, I had about six months left. I was getting medically separated. I had already done two tours. I was on ship for a little while and I was getting out and I had a month left and I was, I was done. I was, I was done with all this medication. I was done with all this shit. I was done with these, uh, the, the, the horrible feelings and, you know, the almost dying several times. Um, I OD'd once. Um, I, I, I don't have the use of my right pinky because I was really shit faced and decided to punch a mirror until it shattered. So I, I severed those tendons. So that's just another dumb fucking thing. Um, I've got, I got permanent scar tissue on my brain and on, on, on my forehead, uh, because I got plastered after my cousin's wedding and took a bunch of something and got jumped 
because some guy tried to pull a gun on me in a bar and yada, yada, yada. One thing leads to another and I take a lead pipe to the head and I was dead for about two minutes. So that was fun. You know, so none of this stuff has ever happened. Even when I was a dumb child, never happened when I was stoned, never happened with weed. I've never woken up the next day and just been like, oh, no, hey, I'm going to fucking roll up and go. So, so cannabis has been that one positive constant in a sea of, of just negative life at points. Um, so I do have, I do have PTSD, but more than PTSD, I have survivor's guilt. I uh, lost a really good friend of mine. Um, our names are spelled similar. So we stood next to each other for a year and a half. Whenever you stand in line, it's alphabetically, you know, we went to boot camp together. We went to SOI school of infantry together. Um, we, de- we get to the same unit. We deployed together. And he, uh, he was an 11, so it wasn't, it wasn't a specialized MOS. So he was just attached to a regular unit and he, he stopped a, uh, he stopped terrorist attack. There was a, there was a a suicide truck coming into the, the fob and he stopped it. He lost his life in the process. And I, I think one of those, it, it it could have been me, but more than it could have been me at some points, some of the darker points in my life, it should have been. He's a great guy. His family does a ruck run every year and they've got foundations and they're wonderful people. And I've, I've never been able to bring myself to, to attend an event or, you know, I've lost touch with his, with his mom. And, and I, you know, I regret it, but it's, it's, it's part of the, it's, it's part of the issue. Um, I have narcissistic personality disorder, which does not mean I think I'm better than everybody else. It means I hate myself and I need the world to recognize my worth because of the negative effects. So that, a lot of people don't realize that about narcissism. Narcissism does not mean that you think you're better or you love yourself. It means you're really insecure and you have to get everyone around you to recognize your worth so that you know what you're worth. I am bipolar as fuck. Uh, I'm manic depressive, not clinically depressive because mine comes and goes. So it's if I can use my experience and my expertise and my, my knowledge of the industry. And if I can use my issues to benefit someone else, then that's, that's one person. You know, if I can get one person to say, you know what, I'm done with this shit. I, I'm, I'm going to get help. I'm going to tell somebody I'm going to, you know, it's not me. I'm not bad. I'm not wrong. It's, it's, it's not my fault. You didn't do this to yourself. You didn't like, before you get down and, and, and pop out the birth canal, it's not like you had a menu to choose from. Be like, oh, well, I'm, I'm going to go with a little, a little bipolar, eh, throw in some dyslexia, and oh, oh you know what? I want a bigger dick. That's not, how, that's not how it works. You're born with what you're born with. You are who you are, and, and over time you figure all that out and you get comfortable with yourself. But if there's something you're not comfortable with, but it's a part of you, then, then you're living against yourself. So if, if I can use who I am and what I've done and my experience and, and, and the, the, the fucked up shit in my head to at least be a, a, a message or a warning or, or, or anything else so that, you know, future generations or, or anyone else doesn't have to go through the same shit that I went through or that people like me went through. That's, that's what I'm here for. That's, that's all that I want. Um, you know, I, I, I don't care. We can take my name off everything and change my voice. I don't, I don't care. I'm not doing this cause you know, um, I want, fame or, or money or anything. I'm doing this because I don't want anybody to have to go through the same shit that I went through simply because my brain was born a little different than someone else's. 
It's, it's, it's not, it's not right. It's not fair. You know, I've done shitty things in life purposefully. It happens, whatever you move on. But if it's something that I didn't do or I have no control over, or I do have control over to help alleviate or benefit, I'm going to fucking do it. I'm 30 years old and I I'm living the life I want to live. Like I'm fucking tired of it. I, I, I did what I was told to do in the military. I, I did what I was told to do in the apprenticeship in college. And when I was, well, I didn't do what I was told to do when I was a kid. I was, I was, I was a bit of a handful, but it's fine. I'm cute. It works out. Um, so I'm, I'm going to live the life I want to live now. You know, I, I've, I've been dead clinically once. Uh, I've got enough concussions that I think I filled my punch card and I get a free sandwich. Um, you know, I've, I've been to war. I've been to college. I've been all over this country. I've been to a few other countries. I've, I've sampled the flesh of many a fruit. Let's just say, (laughs) I don't fucking know what that means, but we'll use it. I like that. That seems awkward and perfect. So that's, that's me in a nutbag nutshell. Um, I'm, I'm not perfect. Uh, um, I am unbalanced. Uh, I'm flawed, but if I can use that, those flaws, if I can use the, the eclectic life that I've lived to, to stand as testament that it does get better. It can get better. You can change. You can adapt. You can make who you are work for you because otherwise who are you well folks the little hand is telling me that it's about time to wrap this up i hope you uh i hope you you learned a little bit about me hope that helped you understand where i come from who i am i mean it's it's constantly changing i'm what my therapists call a walking contradiction so what i told you today may not necessarily be true tomorrow i haven't decided yet i'm not psychic but thank you for listening. I love you guys. It's wonderful. I appreciate the support. Tune in to mjbulls.com and listen to all of their amazing shows. All of the podcasts. It's a great lineup. Wonderful. So people really supportive. So once again, thank you guys for listening. I appreciate it. I would not be here without y'all. Well, I probably would. I just wouldn't be, you know, talking to anybody. But I talk to myself a lot anyways. So thanks, guys. And remember, tune in, toke up, and think. Chronic insomnia. See you guys later. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, my name is Kira Reed, and I'd like to invite you to be inspired by the women who are leading in the cannabis industry. Each week, we will discuss empowerment, leadership, and what it means to be a woman in charge in marijuana, hemp, and CBD. As the founder of the Women Empowered in Cannabis community, I have had the great pleasure to get to know many brilliant and talented women who are CEOs, executives, politicians, advocates, and community leaders that are focused on creating a cannabis economy that is just, fair, and equal. We'll learn how these women make decisions, how they navigate a predominantly male industry, and what they're doing 
to level the playing field for women. I hope you'll join us.